Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me today. Great to have you along. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation with Jill Kane. Jill is a workplace wellbeing consultant and HR expert who partners with organizational leaders and their teams to co-create a sustainable wellbeing strategy that's inclusive, engaging, and integrated throughout the entire employee experience. Jill, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and for a conversation. Yeah, looking forward to it. Whereabouts are you based? I'm in Massachusetts. I'm just south of Boston, about 10 miles south. It's good. Thank you. Well, let's get started. Do you want to start by giving us a little bit about your background and then we can feed into what you and your business do? Yeah, sure. So I'm a workplace wellness consultant and I help organizations, really help organizational leaders um, identify the uh, needs of their employees and really build out kind of a customized plan for their well-being initiatives. And I like to um, tie it to overall strategy. My background has been in HR for over 20 years. So I really have that perspective of, uh, you know, how do all of the HR policies and programs and practices we have in place today really impact and drive engagement and well-being. So that's kind of the main um, focus of my work. Yeah. And I suspect you're going to be an overnight success with 20 years in the running as in global pandemic and remote work and the stresses of Zoom fatigue and all this sort of stuff. It, workplace well-being has hit its day or has arrived, right? Yeah, that's really the thing. I mean, over the past year, I just feel like there's even more of an emphasis and a maybe more of an awareness and more of a focus and priority on well-being in all aspects, especially the mental well-being. I feel like that's really come to the forefront. So while it was such a challenging time on the side of it being more focused on well-being, that's kind of exciting, I think. Yeah, definitely. That's great. So do you want to describe what your business does and, and who do you help? And then perhaps some of the typical use cases or problems that you do solve for clients? Yeah, sure. So Really, I kind of provide, I call it kind of like being a project manager for well-being. So what I found, you know, I've worked inside of companies to help them with their well-being initiatives. And oftentimes I find that either there's not a dedicated person to that role and it's kind of added on to another role within the HR department. And there's a lot of kind of, you know, kind of going from the ground up in, in doing this work without a lot of guidance or with kind of relying on the health insurance provider to kind of provide some direction and initially help set it up. But it's never really been in some companies there kind of a dedicated function, if you will. So I find that to be one of the challenges. And then also um, most of the companies I'm working with and looking to work with now are in the space where they're really growing fast. So they're adding employees. They've kind of, um, you know, built out their HR function or they're just starting to, but really they don't have a dedicated person in place to concentrate on 
the well-being and engagement initiatives and they really just need help because they're adding staff really quickly and want to make sure that their culture is intentional and intact so those are the kind of companies i i focus on um and being in the boston area we have a lot of high-tech biotech uh, pharma Um, We have a lot of hospitals and education uh, colleges. So we have a good amount of, uh, you know, workforce here, a lot of um, highly educated people, Mm. a lot of um, really fast growing startup kind of companies. So I think that those are the companies that really need my services the most because they're adding a lot of employees and they really want to make sure that they're taking care of their people, you know, they're able to attract and retain those top quality candidates um, and keep them there for the long haul because it is such a competitive market. And I think that aside from, I know my background's really in employee compensation and, and pay is certainly important, but also people stay at a company because of the people, because of the the work itself and because of all those other intangible things. So I think that it's really important to look at those. And like you mentioned with the pandemic um, and everybody working remotely and just all of the fears and different challenges over the past year with people working at home with kids at home and different work situations, different health situations, taking care of kids or their um, parents possibly. There's just been a number of challenges for people and everybody's situation is a little bit different. So it's really brought a lot of focus on how do we best support people's mental health so that they can you know, work optimally and just have a good balance in life and not feel either really isolated or really overworked. So yeah. there's a there's been a lot, I find, um, a lot more focus on well-being over the last year. And I think good. that, mm. yeah, it's just going to continue, in my opinion. Yeah. And you mentioned the attraction and retention side of things because, you know, with the high-tech businesses and the medical uh, companies and so on, there's a lot of competition for talent. Uh, you've got a background in compensation you mentioned in the sense that you see um, you know salary increases over time and pressure on that when you've got a tight labor market do you see the same in the wellness space that there are new 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 perks or new approaches to wellness that people are just trying to get the edge on other companies other employers in this space do you see anything like that well so so some of the trends I see with wellness it seems there's a lot of focus on well-being in technology. So how do we make it accessible to more people? And there's a a lot of great wellness platforms out there. And I think what's different with the work I do is even though technology is great, it really can't replace the human touch. Mm -hmm. And having, you know, somebody really go into your organization and understand uh, the work and the day-to-day workflow and the needs and how teams work together and designing solutions specifically around those things, I think is important. Um, And again, you know, depending upon the companies, so some companies, you know, with the technology, um, they're they're more, um, it's easier for them to use, you know, in some companies, you know, we have companies where there are a lot of um, people who do manufacturing or they're, you know, in retail, they're in a situation where they can't constantly check in on their phone and they can't log into those apps or they just don't want to it's not they're not 
conditioned to do that. It's not part of their culture as it is. So you really have to be um, mindful of the type of organization, the way people work and the way people currently kind of uh, live in their needs to develop something mm. that's going to work for everybody. So I find that's the biggest challenge. Um, there are a lot more well-being solutions out there, and I think that'll con continue. But I think it's really about companies looking at the bigger picture, right? Like, how can this work long term? Um, and in my experience in the companies I've worked at have really great well-being offering. So they offer a lot of incentives and discounts and fitness apps and all kinds of different programs going on but then it's a matter of communicating it out and yeah. are people feeling overwhelmed right last year even if you maybe wanted to prioritize your well-being and self-care and taking time to do some of these things it may not have been possible because of your schedule so how do we reach those people as well absolutely you're talking about there's the tech solutions out there and there's also the the human element and combining them and then making sure that it fits the right business. I think that's great advice for any consultant in any sphere that you really need to tailor the offerings to what the business needs and or just define your business as offering something specific and then seeking businesses with that particular need. You, you have also an, an, another interesting side to you and your, your business uh, in the sense that as well as helping employers embed a wellness culture, you also run a parallel business coaching program called the Wellness Business Mentorship. Can you tell me a little bit about that, what it's all about and how does it work and who is it for? Yeah, sure. Um, so that's the other side of my business where mm. I help health coaches mostly and wellness service providers. So anybody who is a coach or consultant who has a wellness focus, um, to really kind of get clarity and figure out you know, how to launch their business and how to um, develop a program. So I really focus on helping them come up with a signature program around their own expertise that they can deliver either to corporate or to just, you know, coaching clients. So it's a really um, a deep dive into that. And it's yeah. a six month program that I run um, online exclusively, but yeah, it's been great. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy helping um, people get started because I know for me, it was quite a journey and a lot of challenges. So I'm happy to share that knowledge now with people. That's great. I know when I started, it was all about an hourly rate. So when you consult, you do some work, you, you charge mm -hmm. an hourly rate or a day rate, but over the, over the years, it's certainly evolved. I love the fact that you're offering this and coaching uh, wellness consultants and coaches on how to develop something a little bit different, that it's more of a, a packaged or a um, very defined service that they can offer above and beyond the straight up consulting rate. Is that an accurate description? Yeah, definitely for consultants. I totally agree with that. And I think even I see that on the coaching side of things. There's, especially with health coaches, I find that I know for myself, I took a health coaching program, but there really wasn't any business training at all with that. Kind of had to learn a lot on my own and through hiring other coaches. And what I've learned is that a lot of people in that space tend to undercharge and underprice or to offer mm. hourly rates as well. So they're not getting consistent income or recurring income. So I really like to say, like, let's build out your one program around your expertise and set it up so you can can get that recurring revenue. And it's 
you know, less stressful to run than, you know, chasing clients and trying to find out where your next client is going to come from. Mm. So I love to, I love processes and systems. I like to kind of help people with that end of it and putting something in place that's going to make their lives easier and really build um, their career, their, their um, passion, their, you know, they got into health coaching and, uh, what they're doing because they really enjoy working with people and helping people become healthier. And really that's my bigger vision is to help as many people, you know, become healthier as possible. So doing it through helping these other coaches be successful in their business is really rewarding for me. Mm. I know people talk about the finding your why a lot, but it's a very nice target. So you're helping people to help others. So your flow on effect would be huge. So I really like that. So for either business, whether it's the well-being consulting or the mentorship on the wellness business side of things, how do you go about attracting new clients and what are your tips and advice for others? Yeah, so it's a different approach for both programs. So for the wellness business mentorship, I find most of my clients are on Facebook. So I have a Facebook group um, that I, you know, um, generally do some either classes or five-day um, training events and so I usually do some free training and um, weekly trainings in those groups for mm-hmm. those health coaches and wellness service providers so that's um, build your wellness empire Facebook group and so that's usually the way that I tend to get clients it's um, through them really getting to see me in action really um, because there's a lot of noise online it's yeah. it's tougher to kind of just I'm not the the hard sell approach at all. <laughs> I like to, you know, provide that upfront and then enroll people into my program or one-on-one, however they want to work with me um, for the coaches. And then for the consulting side, so for my B2B focus, really I'm focusing on LinkedIn. Um, because I have a HR background, I find it a little bit easier to connect with people in HR and just having conversations. I'm I feel like, you know, it's important to kind of know the your best um, personal approach. Like some people can do these um, really, you know, big events where they're speaking yeah. to thousands of people and some people are better one-on-one. And so I think with that type of service, I'm better one-on-one because, you know, when I talk to the HR people, they really understand it, right? Um, one of the challenges I find with even though there is this focus on well-being now in corporate, because there's so many other things going on right now, I think that sometimes it's still a little bit pushed to the side or to kind of like, yeah, I know it's important, but I have this other fire over here I have to address. <laughs> so having the one-on-one opportunities to have the conversation and really talk about, no, actually, it's not just another program and just another you know, fitness app or challenge that I'm going to introduce. It's the whole integration of well-being into your workforce. Like, how do you really take care of your people through all of the work you're currently doing and through your own team? Because I I work with their organization and identify wellness champions, people who are going to continue to carry on the work that I start when I work with them. So it's not just somebody's coming in, you're hiring a consultant, and everything's great for a while and then they kind of put it off to the side i like to see them you know have the tools and everything that they need to continue yeah. on 
Uh, it's the challenge of any consultant who's trying to get in cultural change, isn't it? Like the diversity and inclusion expert who, I don't know, goes in and gives a, a workshop or a talk for an hour to the management team and then leaves. And then their concern might be, well, that management team is just going to check that box, tick the box and say, yep, we're, we're diverse mm-hmm. now. Or, uh, or companies that want to get the, the cool atmosphere like a tech company. So they put in a couple of bean bags and some foosball tables and think that they're Google now. So, yeah, there's a lot more that goes into embedding cultural change, that's for sure. You mentioned conversations on LinkedIn on the B2B side. Are you talking about just sort of posting stuff or actually chatting to people in the messaging side of things? How do you do that? Yeah, surprisingly, I don't really post that much. I will post a few times a week, but mostly it's just having the conversations in Messenger. And I find people are really willing, I guess more so than Facebook, in my case, to to hop on the phone and just have a call. And I guess it's because I sort of present things as a conversation. I'm not there to sell necessarily, but I'm also using it as an opportunity for myself to do some market research, to really understand different companies, what their challenges are. And if it seems like a fit, then great. And if not, it's at least got that conversation and starting to build that relationship because it is really a relationship kind of business. If I'm with consulting, I'm sure you'll, you've probably felt that way as well. It's, it's more about not this high volume, get as many clients as you can into your program, but a more hands-on approach where you're going to work with a handful of clients, but really high touch. And I really enjoy that. Absolutely. I love it. It's very crowded on LinkedIn ever since the coronavirus and has pushed everyone online. How, how do you avoid the overwhelm that people get in their LinkedIn inboxes? How do you get in touch with people? And what are you actually saying to them that says, yeah, let's have a chat on the phone? Yeah. So generally, like I always send a, a message when I request to connect with anybody. I never just connect that way. Um, and it's a short message, just kind of introducing myself saying, you know, I see we both have, you know, identify a commonality is, is a great way. Nice. Or um, even if they've posted something recently that you can acknowledge. Um, so I kind of do that. You know, I, I find pretty good. I'm pretty good, I guess, with getting people to accept the request. I probably am at 40% of people right now. But then mm-hmm. I find too that people will accept the request months later because they're not always on LinkedIn. So that's the other challenge. It's a little bit slower, (laughs) Um, but I find just being yourself, not trying to immediately come off with, you know, Hey, this is all about me. Here's all my information. Check it out. Let me know. Like, I, I don't really find success with that approach. I'm more of the, let me, identify something in common, ask some questions, um, share some free resources, you know, and then um, jump on a phone call. It's kind of, that's kind of the way that I, I approach things. Um, if I'm more success in that route, always coming with a giving hand rather than trying to um, extract, I guess, would be my advice. Yeah, that's very good advice. So in terms of advice, what is your advice when it comes to growing a successful HR business? I think number one with any business really is just getting clarity on what you want to do, like what your focus is. And I know there's so many people and coaches who talk about the ideal client profile and who is it. And um, I think it's always a work in progress, but you have to start somewhere. And 
it's really about the problem that you solve. I think if you have clarity on the problem that you solve, then the rest can kind of fall into place. So that's where this program, like, or with the well-being um, consulting, it's really about identifying what that main problem is. So is it that they have high turnover and they can't figure out um, how how to keep employees there. So how do we go in and not just introduce a wellness program, but really one that's going to address that? Um, or like I mentioned, if we we're in a fast growing company and they're you know, having challenges with just how many people they're bringing on and getting everybody connected and socialized and how do we do that in a way that they can stay engaged and really um, develop those relationships quickly. So I like to look at um, those kind of things when I'm, when I'm in organizations. That's great advice. And I'm always interested in what's coming down the line and where is the world of work going? So what, what do you see the future holding for HR and the world of work and what should listeners do about it? Yeah, this is such a great topic because something I'm always looking up and like really doing research on. I, I just find it fascinating, the whole future of work topic. And especially, I feel like everything especially in the past year is just yeah. fast tracked, right? Like, like all the challenges that they were there, but now that we went through 2020, it's just fast tracked. Um, for example, like the company I'm working with now, they're, they're really on top of things. They're really great. And so when we all had to go remote, it was no problem. Everybody was capable. Everybody's computer was, you know, capable of going remote. So our IT department, they were right on it. They were ready. And I know that was a challenge for other companies, right? It took them longer to do that, make that transition. So I think it's about being ready. But also it's really interesting, all the different generations in the workforce and what their priorities are. I think we're going to see more, definitely more remote work, more flexibility in schedules, more, um, flexibility in terms of making lateral career moves so there's not going to be this straight up kind of hard defined mm. uh, career ladder I think there's going to be more opportunities for people to kind of grow in different directions in within a company um, so I think there's a lot of great things that are going to happen to help with companies becoming more innovative and more flexible. Definitely, we have a global workforce now, but I think we'll continue to see that evolve as well um, with everybody being able to work remotely. Um, it'll open up more, you know, capability in the talent pool to be on your location. So there's going to be a lot of changes. And I think, you know, with my backgrounds and compensation, I'm always thinking about what does this mean for compensation? Because we generally price jobs based yeah. on the location. In, right <laughs> so how is that going to change things so it'll be really interesting i for sure there's going to be a lot of challenges for hr and a lot of opportunity as well absolutely exciting times ahead that's for sure mm -hmm. uh, so jill this has been amazing what if people want to learn more about you send business your way partner with you what should they do next Sure. Thank you. Um, you can reach out to me at my website is jill-kane.com. Um, also on LinkedIn, I'm just under Jill Kane. You can find me on LinkedIn or on um, my Facebook group again is the Build Your Wellness Empire and at 
Jill Kane Fit on Facebook. Um, so if you are interested in coaching with me as uh, if you're a health coach or wellness business service provider and you want to get into corporate wellness or create your own program for um, customers, you can check out my wellness business mentorship on my website or, you know, ask me anything you want about corporate wellness as well. I'm happy to answer any questions. Excellent. So if you're listening to this, definitely go and check out those links. If you're listening to this on the go, check out the show notes uh, and we'll have those links for the Facebook group uh, and for Jill's website and do check out the mentorship. Uh, I think that's a great idea. Before I let you go, Jill, uh, I, I see you've got a Clubhouse um, username. I've never been on Clubhouse yet. I'm ashamed to admit. Have you been on there and what, oh. what's it like? Yeah, I have to send you an invite. I, oh. I'm i not um, on as much as I'd like, usually because um, if my kids are home, they one of them has my phone. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I enjoy it. So it's an audio only kind of platform and you're on it, but nothing is recorded. So it's just a live kind of chat and you oh, pop okay. in. Um, so it's really interesting. It's great for collaborations. Um, I'm trying to find the, the HR communities on there right now. So it's still new. If you're not on yet, definitely uh, check that out. I'm at um, Jill underscore Kane on there if, yeah. if anybody wants to connect with me on Clubhouse. Brilliant. So thank you very much, Jill. And for, for people listening, it's www.jillkane.com. Jill, thank you very much for sharing your story and your advice. I've had a a great chat and I really enjoyed our conversation today. Yeah, me too. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.